welcome to Chetwin Baptist Church. My name is, is David. I'm the pastor here. Um, we're glad to have you here this morning. And we are in the uh, Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we're going passage by passage um, until we get to the end. So today we are working through uh, chapter 6. If you're with us last week, we, uh, we talked about prayer, and uh, we, I heard from one person this week that their, their child prayed for something specific in, in faith, and, and the next day God answered that prayer in a really cool way, and so it's so encouraging to hear um, that God is answering your guys' prayer. Um, and and it, it's just a testament to the things that we, we talk about up here are not theoretical or distant, but, but it's real. We're interacting with, with the word of God that's active and, and living. And so when Jesus says, pray like this, and we, we pray like that, we have to believe by faith that God is going to do some incredible things. And he does. So continue to share stories and uh, encourage one another uh, through the answering of prayer. Today we're talking about treasures, possessions, and money. Um, we're going to be looking at how those things, again, relate to the heart. Um, we've seen all throughout the Sermon on the Mount uh, that Jesus goes right to the root of our problems. Um, and so he's going to continue to do that today. Here's a question. Have you ever bought something that was like a treasure to you? When I was a young teenager, um, I had my heart set on something. It was a, a beautiful um, Gibson J45 Sunburst guitar. I had played with musicians who had this classic and timeless guitar. Some of my favorite artists I listened to played this guitar, and it was sort of the standard for, for quality, warmth, and tone, and, and pretty much every famous artist had one. So I wanted one. I spent years going to music stores and taking it off the top shelf just to play it and imagine that one day I would have this guitar and be able to treasure it. And so when I got out of high school and moved out, I had a, a full-time job, no wife, no kids, and a pretty steady income. And so I went and I bought this guitar. And it was my treasure. I cherished this thing and I would polish it every time I played it. And it was my prized possession. Now, a few years went by, and I was like, I want to bring my guitar to a luthier to um, have it professionally set up. Now, a luthier is someone that just works on instruments, and I wanted him to do some cleaning and maintenance on it. And so I brought it to him, and I came back a, a few days later, and I got to the shop, and, and the luthier said, he's like, okay, come with me. I've got to show you a few things. I said, okay. I'll, I came, and I, he's like, okay, take the guitar and look down the neck of it. I'm like, okay. And he's like, what do you see? I'm like, oh, it, kind of looks like the neck is twisting. And then he's like, okay, now, now come look at this, this grain in the wood and this grain in the wood, and what do you see? And I said, oh, it looks like there's some different um, ripples and things in it. And so he, he said this to me. He said, you, you bought a dud. He's like, this thing is going to be twisted up and unusable in 10 years. And I was like, what? Like, this is my prized possession. This was my treasure. It was, and, a, and a little piece of me died that day when I realized that my, my treasure was worthless. And I don't know if you've ever had something like that happen like that, where someone tells you that your treasure is worthless, but it's a, it's a terrible feeling. And I learned a lesson that day. It doesn't matter how much money you invest into earthly things, it's still going to be an expensive piece of firewood one day can't bring it to heaven with me. And, and God used a harsh luthier to help me see that. And so Jesus is going to teach us today some really important principles when it comes to materialism and money and possessions. So if you have a Bible, open up to Matthew 6, verses 19 to 24, or if you have a Bible app on your phone, um, 
I, I recommend version. That's the one that I use. I really quite like it. It's great Bible reading plans and things on it as well. But it's on the screen as well. Matthew 6, 19 to 24. It says this, Don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is dark, darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Okay, so we see some interesting contrast between a few different things. There's two treasures. There's an earthly and a, and a heavenly. There's two different um, visions. There's light and darkness. And there's two masters, God and money. And so these three illustrations that Jesus uses basically surfaces this overarching question of what is most important in your life? And we're going to look at those three illustrations to hopefully help you answer that question for yourself. What is most important in your life? The first illustration is this idea of, of treasure. It says, don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that there your heart will be also. There's two Two truths we can pull out of that, that statement, that paragraph. First is that our earthly um, treasure will be destroyed. And second, our heavenly treasure will never be destroyed. And so what we invest in is actually quite important. If you were to go to a bank and they said, you can invest in this company and put a bunch of money into it and it might give you some returns, but it'll be bankrupt within the year or you can invest in this other company and it will never go bankrupt and it'll actually pay dividends forever. One is obviously a terrible investment, the other one's a great one. But for some reason, we tend to go to the terrible investment. Why? Because we're not thinking big picture. We're, we need to think in terms of eternity, in terms of forever, not just in the moment right now. And so this is also interesting, is that Jesus doesn't say, don't store up treasure. He actually says, you are to store up treasure, but where you store it up matters. We're called to store it in heaven where it will be for eternity and not on earth where it will be destroyed by moth and rust. So what is earthly treasure? Basically, it's anything that you make the ultimate thing in your life that you won't be able to bring with you to the next life. It can be material possessions, it can be money and wealth, and those are kind of the, the main ones, and those two things capture a wide range of things under them. And it can be different for different people. I mentioned earlier that the guitar was an earthly treasure of mine, and God revealed that to me. But for others, it could be something that you, you hold as a, as a prized possession, or it could be the accumulation of money. I was reading John Rockefeller was one of the, the wealthiest men who ever lived. And someone asked his accountant after he died, how much money did he leave behind? And the accountant's response was, all of it. Because you cannot bring your money to heaven. Job said these wise and famous words, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this 
life. Money is not going to go to heaven with you. Possessions and everything that you accumulate is not going to go with you. It's going to be left here for moths and rust to destroy it. And so how do you know what that thing is for you? Well, here's the question. Do you, do you have something that if it was taken from you today, you would be lost and destroyed? You wouldn't know what to do with yourself. It would shake up your world if you were to lose this thing. That's what your heavenly treasure is. Now, I do want to clarify a few things because it, it almost sounds like Jesus is saying we're not supposed to have any possessions. But that's not, that's not true. He's, saying, he's not saying that you can't have possessions. And the, and the Bible actually doesn't forbid you having private property. It doesn't forbid you having things. It's all about your heart attitude towards these things. And that's, again, what, what Jesus continually looks at is the heart. And so he says, don't treasure it, which is this idea of holding something of great value and idolizing and worshiping that thing. And it's usually out of a heart of greed. If you're accumulating to satisfy greed, then your heart is in the wrong place. Jesus warns in, in Luke chapter 12, he says, watch out and be on guard against all greed because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. So you need to understand the motivation of your heart is what Jesus is looking at. And he sees your heart. And so ask yourself, um, and so ask yourself are you treasuring things on earth out of worship towards them or even out of greed towards them? A few years ago, um, if you know me, you know that I like Apple products. I, I love the, the ecosystem. I love the simplicity of it, the look of it, the quality of it. And a few years ago, my old laptop cratered. And I needed a new laptop. And so I went on the Apple website and I, I uh, picked out the, my dream laptop. And, and it, I maxed it out to, to the max. And it was way more powerful than I ever needed. And so I ordered this, this beast of a laptop, and, and I was really excited about it. I was waiting for it to come in, and uh, it came in, and I took it out of just the, the shipping box. And the Holy Spirit, in that moment, brought a wave of conviction. And I knew right in the moment what the problem was. I had bought excessively and out of greed, and my heart was going to worship this laptop. And so the Holy Spirit was right. And so I put it right back in the package. I drove down to UPS and I sent it right back. And the Holy Spirit was right. He, he knew and he searched my heart um, because he knew the posture of my heart towards this thing. And so you need to ask yourself, what is the posture of your heart towards things? And so I returned it and bought a computer that was much more appropriate for the, the needs that I had. And so Jesus is not saying that you cannot have nice things but are you treasuring it? Are you going to worship it? Are you going to covet it? Are you going to buy it out of greed? What is the motive of your heart when it comes to things and possessions? Now, another thing that Jesus is not saying is that you can't prepare or plan for the future by storing up. Um, for example, like a savings account or um, an, a rainy day fund. There's a difference between hoarding and planning wisely. Proverbs 6.6 6 in the CSB says, um, says, Go to the ant, you slacker. Observe its ways and become wise. Without a leader, administrator, or ruler, it prepares its provisions in summer. It gathers its food during the harvest. So God created the ants to stockpile food for the winter and to provide for themselves. And that's God-designed. 
But the principle is to make a wise provision. The Bible calls you to be wise and to think about the future and to provide for your family. And so it's thinking ahead and preparing. That's much different than stockpiling out of greed because you just want more. You just um, want to accumulate more. So again, it comes down to the motive of your heart. Now, the final thing that Jesus doesn't say is that we can't enjoy the good things that our Creator has given us, including possessions and things. 1 Timothy 4.4 says, For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. So you can have physical things in which you can enjoy as long as you don't worship the thing, but give thanks to God. And again, it's, it's down to the motive of your heart. So neither having possessions nor making provisions nor enjoying the gifts of our good creator is included on the ban of storing treasures on earth. And so instead, what Jesus forbids is the selfish accumulation of goods and money that you treasure to make the ultimate thing in your life. So where should our treasure be then? Jesus says in verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. Heavenly treasure is always secure. It's guaranteed and a worthy investment. Whatever you store in heaven, it will not be destroyed like it would be on earth. And so what is heavenly treasure? It's a great question. And unfortunately, Jesus doesn't actually explain or expand on that. But he does say to store it up in heaven. So then we could assume to store treasure is to do anything that would have eternal effects in heaven. For example, it could be sharing the gospel with someone. That has eternal effects. That is, if that person gives their life to Jesus, that's eternal treasure. It could be teaching your children um, scripture. It could be praying for someone. It could be worshiping God. It could be growing in faith and obedience and godliness. Those all have eternal effects. As I was studying, many commentators believe that storing up treasure was referring to us doing good works. We have to be careful with that because we believe when it comes to salvation that it's by grace alone, by faith alone, and not by works. Good works are not going to get you to heaven, nor will they earn any sort of favor or merit with God when it pertains to your salvation. But over 25 times in the New Testament, it is mentioned that the distribution of heavenly rewards will be based on our good works. So whatever you do on earth that is good and that is glorifying to God, God sees. He is keeping a record of all that we do for him, and, and that is storing up treasure in heaven, not for our salvation, but as an extended grace in heaven. So then what is the treasure? Well, I don't really know, but I know it's going to be great. And I think seeing someone that you shared the gospel with in heaven could be a pretty great treasure. Scripture gives us some hints on some of the other rewards that, that might be there. Some will reign with Christ. Some will be put in charge of many things. Some will have leadership over cities. We will have um, command over the angels. But I think, honestly, the greatest treasure that we're going to have in heaven is Christ to be in his presence and to worship him and to give him glory for all that he has done for us. Our risen savior who was crucified on our behalf, rose to life and forgave sin. He is the greatest treasure that our hearts desire. And that's what we long for in heaven. That's what's awaiting for us in heaven. 
And so that's what our hearts need to be focused on, is on our greatest treasure, which is Christ. And then Jesus says in verse 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is a great warning for us. Um, this is a guiding principle for our whole life. What you treasure indicates, and this is what we've been talking about all along, where your heart is at. It's a heart problem. Jesus is asking whether worldly wealth or possessions rule your life or does God rule your life? And here's what you need to recognize is that money and possessions are always competing for your heart, especially in our world. I was reading a study not too long ago that said the average person sees almost 6,000 to 10,000 ads per day trying to sell you something, trying to sell you treasure. And so you need to understand that the world wants you to treasure money and possessions. They make money off of it. We live in a highly materialistic society where we have the privilege and the curse of, also, of getting anything our heart treasures. If you want something, you can look it up on Amazon in less than a minute, one click buy it, and it'll arrive on your doorstep in two days. Whatever treasure your heart desires, you can get delivered to your doorstep. And so you need to be really careful, Christians. What is your heart's desire? Is the ultimate thing in your life money and possessions, or is the ultimate thing in your life Christ? Do you treasure your stuff on earth, or do you put treasure in the account in heaven? What is most important in your life? Now, the second illustration that Jesus uses in this passage is around vision and focus. It says in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is, is darkness, how deep is that darkness? Jesus is using a, a somewhat complicated metaphor to understand our spiritual vision. Where is your focus? Your eye can either be healthy or it can be sick. If your eyes, which, which also is a reference to the heart in a lot of places, is focused on materialism or greed or covetousness, then your whole body will be full of darkness. That is where your heart is going to be, and that happens when your focus is on earthly treasure. On the other hand, to have a healthy eye is to be wholeheartedly focused on, on Christ, on your greatest treasure, and that will bring light to your soul. But Jesus takes it even a little bit further and when he says, if the light within you is darkness, then the NIV says how great that darkness really is. Essentially, if, if you are focused on money and earthly possessions, that darkness will just draw you deeper in and in. It's going to produce great evil to the point of, of hoarding your treasure and refusing to ever help others. It will lead you further from God. The darkness will, will blind you from the light. So our eyes, they have to be focused on Christ, and that's where the light is going to come into our souls, and that's where Christ is going to produce spiritual fruit in our lives and obedience and generosity and love towards God and towards others. And so where is your focus? Because that'll be a good indicator of the state of where your, your soul is at. And so what's most important in your life? Is it the focus of possessions and money, or are you wholeheartedly focusing on Christ? Jesus goes into a third and final illustration around God and money. He's quite blunt about it. Um, he says, No one can serve two masters since he will either hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve both God and money. We, we all have an inescapable choice of who we serve. And it's interesting, this illustration's in the context of a slave serving a master. And that's a powerful metaphor because money can enslave you. And, that, and, and it can enslave your desires. The pursuit of money can get you luxuries in life. It can um, get you security and get you further than the next person. Money gives the illusion of happiness, and yet it, it will never fulfill. Money can destroy you. Um, for example, debt. Uh, we live in a society of debt where it's just been normalized. And everyone owes someone something, and, and debt can be terribly enslaving. It can increase poverty. It can increase stress and anxiety and wor worry. Money can produce envy and stinginess and discontentment. So the pursuit and the worship of money is going to enslave you. It's going to bring you deeper into that darkness. It's going to take your focus off of Christ. And so again, you need to ask yourself, what is most important in your life? Is it God or is it money? And Jesus is saying it's got to be one or the other. It cannot be both. You can't serve both of them. And again, it comes down to the heart because because here's the deal. Money in itself is not evil. All money does is represent value. It, but it can be used for evil, and it can be used for God's glory. But it comes down to the heart. If your focus is on God, if your greatest treasure is on God, you will come to realize that everything on earth is God's, including our money. I was reading a little book by Randy Alcorn, and, it's, and he said this. He said, God owns everything I am his money manager. And that's a really interesting thought. As Christians, we have to recognize that, that everything is God's, and yet he has chosen us to steward things like money and possessions, and he's entrusted us with these things. I had a mentor of mine who would ask me, what does your bank account say about your heart? Does it show you being enslaved by money or generous with your money? If God was to look at the way that you budget and, and use money, what would it show? Does it show faith in God to provide? Does it show that you, you're wise in providing for your family? Does it show generosity and kingdom investment? If you want to know where your heart is at, take a look at your transactions because it will tell you the truth. It will tell you who you serve. And so again, what is most important in your life? Is it God or is it money? Is it earthly treasure or is it heavenly treasure? So what does that, that mean for us today? Because all those illustrations surface their own questions. Where are you storing up your treasure? Is it heaven or is it earth? Where is your focus? Is it the light or is it darkness? And who are you serving, God or money? But hopefully that's helped you to ask the overarching question, what is most important in your life? Is it money and possessions or is it God? And the good news is, is Jesus meets you wherever you're at today. Jesus teaches us these things so that we can turn from our sin and we can bring it to the cross and be forgiven and freed and liberated so that we can live life to the fullest. Jesus calls out these things in our lives so that he can redeem those things in our lives. So if you've been storing up treasure on earth, Jesus will forgive you if you ask him to. And he may even realign some of those things that maybe you've used for greed or bought out of greed or, or selfish pursuits and use it for his kingdom glory. I was reading a story of a man who invested a lot of money into a large Christian private library for his own home. 
And, and he had realized that, he, um, that God convicted him and realized that he had been treasuring this library out of greed and it was only for him. And so he, he realized that this could actually be used for others. So he donated it to the, the, the local church that he was at and, and, um, and realized that people started taking out all these books and people started to, to um, use them and grow in, in faith. And, and God had turned what had originally been a selfish treasure to something that would serve and benefit others, which would bring glory to God. That's just simply an example, and I'm not saying you need to donate your books. Um, You need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. God can take things meant for evil and use it for good. We serve a God who is constantly redeeming. And so bring your earthly treasure to the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, your will be done with this. He may get rid of it. He may redeem it. Second, if your focus has been off, and you've been coveting money or materialism, and it's consumed your focus and, and you're enslaved to it, bring it to the cross. Bring it to Jesus and turn away from that pursuit of money. Ask him in prayer to give you a new heart and a new desire, that you would see things the way that, that he sees things. This time I'm going to call the worship team back up. But for all of us here today, Focus your eyes on Christ. He is our greatest treasure. Earthly treasure is nothing but a counterfeit that will be destroyed by moth and by rust. And so let us keep our eyes on eternity and put our hope and our trust and our obedience in Christ. Let us store up treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust will destroy. Let's pray. Father, we come to you as your children. We thank you that you are holy and perfect. We thank you for Jesus who has made it possible for us to have reconciliation with you. And for that, Lord, we are thankful. Lord, I pray that you would reveal where our hearts are at. Lord, you constantly go for our hearts. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd reveal that. I pray that you'd show us the things that are fighting for our attention. I pray you would deliver us from, from materialism and the things that, that we're cherishing that are not you. Lord, you are our greatest treasure. Lord, where our focus has been off, forgive us. Lord, where money has enslaved, I pray you would forgive us. Lord, thank you that your sacrifice has paid the penalty for all of our sins. If we bring it to you, you've given us your righteousness and and Lord, we can come before your throne. And so we want to come before your throne and, and praise and honor your name. Lord, help us to worship and to cherish you as our greatest treasure. In your powerful and holy name, amen.